team, I'd like to remind you that um, this podcast is available on your iPhone and on your Android. Either one, you can search the Sylvester team uh, in your uh, iPhone's iTunes or Google Play, and it will pop up. Do hit subscribe. I want to remind you this will be the last week for our book, Psychology of Selling by Brian Tracy. Next week we will have a new book for you to read. Hope all of you are getting through this, learning from it, highlighting, dog-earing. If you're doing an audio book, we encourage you to listen to it again. And we actually encourage you to buy this book because it is very important to all insurance agents. Um, Dick, this morning you've got a lot of things for us, all under the title of Things Confronting New Agents. Uh, What might new agents uh, take away from this? Well, I think a new agent sometimes becomes overwhelmed with all the things there are to learn, but really it's it's not that big a deal. Uh, you know, and I tell new agents all the time, 30 days from now to scare you how much you've learned. But there are a couple things that are uh, important for you to understand in terms of underwriting. One of those is AmeriCo, their instant decision is a great feature. However, um, because it's instant decision, if there's any hiccups along the way, if they make a mistake, it could cost them fifty, hundred, or two hundred thousand dollars in a death claim. So any hiccups along the way, they're probably going to give you uh, a decline. Now the good news is it does not show us a decline in the system, uh, or with MIB it shows us a decline with uh, Equus, but it's not a doesn't count against the client in the MIB. Now, just so you understand, if you start the application or prior to that, you find out they're on any anxiety medication. You know, once you determine that is, pivot immediately over to Forrester Strong Foundation because the majority of those cases, now if it's bipolar, that's a different story. Forrester's is not going to take them either, but there's a lot of anxiety meds out there, much like type 2 diabetes, you know, these are things that 20 years ago we didn't have to deal with very much. Life has changed. Uh, Mutual of Omaha, if you find out somebody was diagnosed with either one or two, type 1 or type 2 diabetes, that's an automatic decline. Uh, Now, what's the difference between type 1 and type 2? Type 1 diabetes is much more aggressive. It's the uh, type that requires insulin, and uh, it's much more dangerous than the type 2 is. Uh, Along with either of diabetes medications comes uh, cardiovascular problems. So this is why the company is concerned about that. But if they're on oral meds and diagnosed after age 50, Mutual of Omaha is actually um, a little kinder with the people. However, with the oral meds, um, just realize that if they smoke, the only place to go there is foresters, and they have a formula that they calculate out to see if they'll qualify. It's based on how much they smoke, their A1C, and that sort of thing. But these are things that you need to become aware of that will help you uh, in your uh, field underwriting. Types of cancer is another thing we run up against. Uh, just so you know, you know, younger people probably never heard of basal cell because they haven't had the skin damage yet. But basal cell is not that big a deal. It's not going to kill you. It's going to it can be removed by freezing and various and sundry things. However, melanoma, on the other hand, is potentially dangerous. It's um, 
it's a very, very aggressive disease. So when somebody tells, they, tells you they've had types of cancer, you want to find out. Was it melanoma? Was it liver cancer? Whatever. Because if it was basal cell, that's not going to be an issue for you. Just a little FYI type thing. The other thing to know is if somebody's on disability, they don't qualify for simplified issue uh, products. Uh, the only time that they, the simplified issue people will take somebody on disability is if it's skeletal, neck, back, hip, something of that nature, because that's not going to kill them. But any anxiety medications or anything other than that, if they're disabled because of it, um, that's not going to fly with a simplified issue. So those are just some factoids that will help you in your field underwriting process. Okay, so what about a disability through the armed services, maybe having resulted from PTSD, but but you get the disability when you're um, you know when you retire or discharged? Is that how does that affect? Well, it's going to depend on the carrier, and that thanks for bringing that up, Connie. PTSD uh, is a it's a very real thing. Um, if they're disabled and not working, then they will not qualify. However, if they're disabled, it's mild, and they are working, you have to talk to the underwriter. That's not a call for me. That's a call to talk to risk assessment with a specific underwriter. Right. So and anybody in that category over 60 is final expense anyway, right? That's correct, yeah. And in many cases, even over 50, if they're not able to work, then you're looking at a final expense for critical protection as well. A um, couple things that people run up against when they first get on the phone is, well, I have insurance on my job. And how do you deal with that? Um, well, you go through a, a couple of questions there. You ask the question, uh, will they allow you, I always start off with, would they allow you to get any more without doing blood work or an exam? And I do that because that really throws the client off and, you know, because they're not expecting me to recommend they buy something else. And But it also, because I do that, it allows me to educate them a little bit on the risk involved and the shortcomings of that. So, you know, you ask the question, will they allow you to get any more without blood work and exam? Um, and usually they'll say, well, I don't know. I say, well, group plans at work are really good from the standpoint they're just dirt, dirt, dirt cheap, and you really can't afford not to buy them. However, these plans are priced and designed, and guys, I use that very cadence. These plans are priced and designed to go away before you need them. If a person is battling cancer, heart disease, or a car wreck, and they're unable to work, if they have to leave, they can take that coverage with them, but at a much higher premium, and they're allowed to keep it for 13 months. You know, like Cobra Health Insurance. When you leave a job, you're allowed to pick it up. It's just more expensive. But if that same client should die in the 14th month, there's no life insurance in place. So buy all you can get, but most people want a plane that's going to be there when they need it for either death and or foreclosure protection. Is that something that would be important to you? See, if we just tell them how great it is, but we don't follow up with a question like that at the end, all we're doing is talking. We're educating our client, but we're not moving any any closer toward a sale. 
So, you know, that question, is that something that's important to you, for it to be there when you need it? Well, yes. Well, I need a little more information to see what you qualify for, and you pick up the phone script exactly where you left off before. Which brings me to another point. That's why it's so important to learn that phone script so well that you know exactly where you are, you can pick it up right where you left off, and as you do this more and more, you'll realize that will help keep you on track so you don't kind of wander off and go down another rabbit trail. Uh, another one that was brought to my attention this week was PMI insurance. People say, well, I already have PMI, uh, mortgage insurance on my on my mortgage. Well, first off, let me tell you what PMI insurance is. It's private mortgage insurance, and it is required if a person puts less than 20% down. And I'm going to cover that again in a minute on why. Um, but the client needs to understand at that point in time, well, and this first part is for you just for information, and then I'll close with how you present it to the client in a moment. But uh, who does it protect? I mean, really, PMI insurance, private mortgage insurance, that sounds like what I ought to have. Everybody needs that. No, most people think it is mortgage protection. But it is mortgage protection, but it's not for the homeowner. It's to protect the lender, um, whoever that might be. And that's an important part because every time that mortgage gets sold, that PMI insurance is tied to the hip of that mortgage. So whether that loan is sold to another lender or five lenders, it doesn't matter. That stays there. Now, for your information, uh, it appears that the mortgage uh, PMI insurance stays on the mortgage until it's challenged by the buyer. And most people will continue paying PMI insurance until they either refinance or they move. And the sad part of it is, say you're living in an area where the homes went up 20% in the first three years, plus the 5% you put down. Now you've got 25% equity in that home. But if it's not challenged by the homeowner, they continue charging that, and it can range anywhere from 80 to about $300 a month, depending on the mortgage size. So, guys, that's a significant expense for the people that they have no idea it's even in there. They've, if they knew it when they closed the mortgage, they've forgotten, and they leave it on. So, you know, I'm just giving you information here so that you kind of understand how it works, but that's going to stay on there until they do something to get it off. Well, now, how does this work? this PMI insurance. We know it's required because they put less than 20% down, and it's a federal requirement because these mortgages are sold sometime to federally backed mortgage uh, holders, and like Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. So when those things come in, they have to have the PMI on there to qualify, and the lender won't give it to you without it. So how does it work? Well, the homeowner defaults on the mortgage. They stop making payments. The homeowner is then evicted. PMI will take over, and they will make the house payment until the home sells. But it's not protecting the family. It's protecting the lender. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing because otherwise those people wouldn't qualify to buy a house. So it's an expensive thing, but it's a way that a lot of people can get into their first home because of that insurance. So it's not a bad thing. It's just one of those necessary costs that could be eliminated if they either had more down 
and or uh, house appreciates it. Uh, now, what the sad part of it is, people misinterpret what that is. It only protects the lender. Well, why do people buy it? Well, it's required by the law, uh, by the lender in, in order to qualify for the loan. And what what's the best way for you uh, to rebuke this type of coverage? Well, first off, I've given you a lot of information. Don't use very much of it. Just use it for knowledge that you have. So the point is, keep it simple. So the client says, well, we have mortgage insurance included in our mortgage. Oh, yeah, that's right, private mortgage insurance, PMI. Um, do you know how that works? And they're going to say, well, I guess it's going to pay the mortgage off, or I don't know. Um, so if they say it's going to pay the mortgage off, or, or I don't know, well, PMI is required to qualify for a loan if a person puts less than 20% down to protect the lender. If a person can't make the payments because they're too sick to work, PMI kicks in, they evict the homeowner, PMI makes a house payment into the sales to protect the lender. Are you looking for something that protects the lender or protects your family? Well, we want something that protects our family. Well, uh, something that will pay your home off or, or uh, allow you to refinance to make the new payment less than rent, you know, is that the type of thing you would want that would protect your family? Well, how, usually it's going to be followed up with how much does it cost? And then you just spring right into your phone script again. Well, I need a little more information to see what you qualify for. And, and then you go right through your phone script. I also want to point out on phone script, if you're having any struggle at all, when you read through the phone script, and if there's some areas that are just kind of wordy and you're not sure what you need them, remember on the phone script, your goal is to set the appointment without giving any more information than you have to. And that's important because almost all the companies that are doing this, they go through a whole litany of things of what the mortgage protection coverage does. At that point in time, guys, all they care about is a death benefit. All this other stuff is just mumbo-jumbo. So, well, it pays the mortgage off if you die. It gives you pays critical illness. It pays chronic illness. They don't even know what critical illness and chronic illness is. You know, they do know what money back means, but you've got 10 seconds to capture their attention when you start the interview you have three and a half minutes to set the appointment. And that time frame is important because when we go over three and a half minutes, the probability of setting a good appointment drops pretty quickly. So you may set the appointment at six minutes, but the probability of them keeping it is very slim. So you need to keep them engaged in the process there because keeping them engaged intrigues them. They want to know more. They want to know more. You know, do you want a plan that protects the lender or one that protects your family? Well, well, I want one that protects my family. What did you just do? You made them, one, think through about what you just said. You valid, They have validated that they were listening by answering the question that way. So when you're going through the phone script, keep in mind, we've got to keep it simple. We want, we want to keep our timing right. We don't want to stop at the end of a sentence. 
we want to stop in the middle of the next sentence because in the middle of the next sentence throws the client's timing off. You know, they're prepared to try to stop us. Because remember, stop and think about when you're approached on the phone about somebody selling you something. What is your goal? Not to buy or to get the price so you can shop it. Well, they're not any different. So it's up to us to keep them engaged in such a way that when they get finished, they want to hear more. If we've told them everything about it without validating that they even listened, they've got everything they need. And the probability of them answering the phone when they get finished is very slim. So I hope today's call will give you some just some pointers on some things that will help guide you and and understanding uh, a little more about the underwriting process. Those underwriting guides, guys, are your best friend. They teach you how to think like the insurance company thinks, and it's worth some effort on your part to invest 15 or 20 minutes a day reading through, getting familiar with what things they're interested in and some of the things are not. It's not to memorize, but just get a feel for, you know, how they look at things. The medication list is another good one that's, you know, the, the what I call knockout list because that gives you an idea of some things they're not interested in. I get calls all the time, well, the guy had cancer three weeks ago, but they got it all. You know, yeah, the doctor, he hopes they got it all, and he believes they got it all, and you're going to give the people as much hope as you can, but if the doctor makes a mistake, he lost a patient. If the insurance company makes a mistake, it may have cost them fifty to two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars. So they look at the client differently. And the goal is to get our agents as field underwriters to look at this the same way or similar to the way the insurance company looks at it, because we are the eyes and ears for the insurance company. <laughs>